like to thank you uh for joining us for um is it episode 13 unlucky unlucky episode 13 of the two max hologram podcast i'd like to thank awal one for the theme music and uh i'd like to thank uh platform collection for coming by and having me part of this uh you know part of this family and everything that we're doing i hella appreciate it you know what i'm saying uh shout out to you know wake the flock up you know what I'm saying? All the all the podcasts on uh, platformcollection.com. You can go on there and you can check us out. And um, yeah, my name is Alex. And uh, man, I'm glad to be back back out here knocking one out. I wanna I wanna thank too even before we start. I wanna thank all the people, man, online that have been uh, giving us such a great response on on the podcast, man. I go a lot of places and people hit me up and tell me that you know they're bumping the podcast on long drives or they're bumping the podcast at work and you know, some people are, are listening to them more than once and, you know, that they, they, they really appreciate the, the stories and, and, you know, the in-depth interviews and, and everything. So, man, it means a lot. It means a lot, man. Like, six months ago, how, how many months have we been doing this? Not even six months. Not even six months, man. Months ago when I was like, man, I really want to do a podcast. And we sat here and started doing the first one, first couple. You know, I never thought we'd even get to this place, man. And now we're like, you know, rolling along. So I'm, I'm super, super happy. I'm super happy that... That it, you know, that we're, we're on iTunes and Stitcher and all these, all these, all these good people are on it. So, anyway, um, <clears throat> like all the other podcasts, I never have a, I don't, I have no agenda and stuff. So, I guess we'll start with last night. Um, I was lucky enough last night to play a show in Fullerton at the Slide Bar with a man. It was so fresh. I'm glad. I'm glad we got this podcast because I got to tell you, man, LA Symphony wrecked it last night. I mean, LA Symphony was like, wow, man, they. You know, they were amazing, man. They, they, uh, I got to open up for them and it was so fresh as a real hip hop fan of LA Simp and Brainwash Projects and Pigeon John and all these dudes, man. It was amazing to see them come out full force, everybody in the group, full fledged, brand new album, high energy. I mean, they were, they were fucking killing it. They did songs from, from their old records. They did their their hits. They did stuff, all this stuff, new material from a new record that, that I thought was amazing, and uh, it was fucking hip hop as fuck. I was like, 
I honestly was like, I was watching them and I was like, man, why can't visionaries get it together, man, and get down? And it was like amazing, you know. I think in the last, over the summer, I've been blessed to see, you know, people under the stairs, dilated people's Jurassic 5, a lot of groups I consider my peers and stuff. And dude, LA Symphony just came roaring back. Like, their new album sounded really dope. The production was dope. The choruses were dope. The rhymes were clever. Everybody was chipping in. Uno Mas. I mean, it was fucking fresh. Joey Beats. Like, it was, it had a fucking flavor, a fucking swag. It had fucking, it was, it was, it was awesome. And, uh, and last night, I just was like a hip hop fan all over again. Like, you know what I mean? I was like right there, first or second row, just fucking appreciating the fuck out of it. So shout out to LA Symphony because, uh, that shit was amazing. And, and tonight even, um, you know, by the time this airs, the concert will have already happened, but tonight is, Ryan Fest LA again out here in LA and it's a two hour KRS one set Haiku de Ta, which is Mike and I and AC alone and Abstract Rude. No Can Do's doing a special one time only, not one time only, like he's not going to do it again, but he's just doing a straightforward hip hop set, which is, if you know anything about No Can Do, he's been really like touching the dubstep and a lot, a lot of electronic progressive music for the last, I'd say three or four years. So for him to just be like, I'm coming back on a straight hip hop set, it's going to be fucking amazing because his freestyles are amazing. His writings are amazing. And it's going to be the no can do. I, I kind of grew up watching him as a youngster, just fucking ripping mics and everything. And so he's going to kill it. Man, Jack Wildchild and DJ Rones from the Loop Pack are performing. They're going to be doing Loop Pack songs as well as new stuff, representing the 805, man. It's you know, I don't know if Madeline's going to show up or not, but, you know, that's just dope to have Watson and Rome's killing it. You know what I'm saying? We we reached out to Madeline several times. I, I won't get into it too much, but we did offer him a show to play Rhymefest one time. He said we couldn't afford him. So I thought that was pretty funny. But uh, so maybe he'll show up. Maybe he won't. doesn't really matter. Jack and, Jack and Rome's are going to represent and kill it because fucking Jack's a monster MC. One of my favorites from the last... 10, 15 years straight up. Then Planet Asia is going to kill it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? We got the fucking Cypher Effect, which these cats have been coming up, shooting these dope videos. If you don't know about the Cypher Effect, um, it's, like a, it's like a, I don't know, company website. They, they shoot all these vignettes of MCs killing it, and um, it's going to be dope. There's a lot of there's a lot of cats. One of the homies, Kali, is up here in the house with us. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of... That shit kind of dope. It's kind of like the... It's kind of like taken from the... I don't know if it's taken from the BET one, right? You know what I'm saying? But just taken from Cypher. Cypher's been going on forever, so that's just cracking tonight. But anyway, we'll talk about that one on the next thing, because by the time that we do the next podcast, uh, shit will be over, and I could give you the recap, you know, blow for blow and shit. But um, anyway, I guess it's been a while. How long has it been since, since the last podcast? About a month, man. So let me see if I can go back for the whole month and... uh think about some of the things that have been going on in a whole month. Uh, for, for me, there was a lot of shows. You know, there was a lot of stuff going on. The Kush Harvest just happened. That was kind of dope. I never got so high. I got to see MC8 from Compton's Most Wanted. And that was kind of fucking, that was really, really dope. And uh, there's been a lot of shows. You know, there was a lot of Halloween shit. I, I threw Word Murder on October 24th. And uh, that was really dope. That was really good. I had a really good time. My objective was to bring Chesky Ramos, uh, who was a guest on our, on our show to be, uh, I wanted really, I wanted him to, you know, people to see him that don't know about him. And that, that's what really, that was kind of like for me, the highlight 
was having a bunch of people that were probably there to see Cage in blue and didn't know shit about Chesky and were walked away like, that was some other shit. That folk shit, he broke out a guitar and did acoustic and he fucking killed that. That was my goal. Um, blue did great. Cage did dope, man. Cage was like, you know, if you guys, I don't know if you guys are Weatherman fans or Cage fans, but, you know, Cage's music is, it's been getting like super emo. He's always been emo and he's always been dark, but he's like, he's like Marilyn Manson now. You know what I mean? He's on some other shit. It's like the sky opened up and God handed you directly to me. That shit, dude. You can just if he, when he when he does that shit and he just like looks at a girl and does that shit, he can bone her after the fucking performance, dude. It's like it's fucking this fool. Like there's a light shining on a girl's face and he's just like it's like the sky opened up and God handed you directly to me. I think he wrote that song to get pussy, which it probably works because I seen this lady backstage. She was fine as hell. She was like a Czechoslovakian. She was like a Russian model. It was awesome. Anyway, um, concerts. There was a lot of concerts. Also, too, um, in the last month, I think it's actually been, um, we've had a lot of passings. And, and that's actually what's been dominating. We're going to talk about Thanksgiving and talk about family and all the shit on this episode. But uh, there's been a lot of passings. And for me personally, um, and, and no friend, there's no like, level of friend that like somebody's more of a level of friend to you than somebody else i mean anybody passing it sucks you know even today someone that i don't know like uh you know um the guy that played chavo del ocho and chespirito and all that stuff like he passed away and i don't i don't know the you know i don't know the man other than being a huge fan of, of those tv shows growing up so you know i'm sad about that and that's and that's just me being a fan of an actor and that makes me sad like straight up i was sad as fuck yesterday and, and today even but uh, in the last month, man, I've personally had, oh, sorry about that. I personally had four people pass away. Um, so I want to give rest in peace to Steviano. Steviano, first of all, was uh, the guy that kind of discovered Dr. Dre. He, uh, he had, at the Rhodium swap meet, he had a, he was like the person that like put Dr. Dre on and Tony, Tony A and Tony G and all those mixtape guys. And, uh, back at the rhodium swap meet and like i said he helped put dr dre on and later he uh helped put out the first one of the first not the first one of the first major mexican rap groups ever they're called proper dos and they had a song called mexican power but another song called uh feed me Haina. they had uh they, they were bad they're dope even back even back then like i don't know what what beef they had with easy e but they even had a beef with easy e where like it was like you know a Mexican almost wrecked my shit or something like, you know, it was like, they did this, they had, a, I remember they had a skit where Easy e rolls up, it was like an Easy e skit, and it was like, 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 I'm a jack you motherfucker, and they're like, no, we're gonna jack you motherfucker, like, it was like, you know, as a little kid, you're like, damn, these Mexican cats are fucking blasting on Easy and Ice Cube, and all that shit was fucking, they're from, and then they were from Santa Monica, which for me, you know, I'm from Mid-City. I heard Santa Monica was big. I was always out there at the beach and shit. And uh, it was always like, oh, man, proper those from Santa Monica. Like, they're on Lincoln. Like, you know, shout out to Ernie G. But, uh, you know, Steve Yano put that out. He had a record label called Scanless. He also put out High C and Tony A, which I don't know if you guys know High C. High C, I'm not your puppet. I'm not your puppet. You know, so that was, a. I mean, that's like a classic West Coast hip-hop song they also did a 
sitting at the park, right? Sitting, they flipped all the, Scandalous was all about flipping the oldies. They were on the lowrider records tip, flipping the oldies styles, sitting at the park. And then honestly, High C and Tony A's album, which was called Scandalous on Scandalous Records, was uh, honestly like an incredible record. It was kind of very influential to me personally. The High C record was really, really dope. That whole album was fucking ice. Like the skits, the music. It was very uh, DJ Quick and Second to None influence. Kind of very, uh, you know, move this. So it was really crazy. That was a great record. It had some of my favorite standout cuts from that record was a song called Compton Hoochies with uh, High C was super like, High C was super on the fucking, uh, High C was very much on the I'm fucking bitches tip. In fact, in fact, if you listen to uh, I'm Not Your Puppet, I think, that's like one of the only songs. Back in the day, you could actually you could actually say that you met a girl that was smoking rocks and that you fucking gave her some rocks and she sucked your dick. Like, that was on the radio back in the day. Like, you can't really, like, you can't be like, oh, man, look at that fucking strawberry. I'm, I'm going to give her $20 worth of rocks and she's going to suck my dick. If you said that shit on wax right now, your career would be over. Or you'd be, you know, people be like, damn, you're fucking fucked up. Not saying that the shit doesn't happen now because it does. But I'm just saying, back then, High C and Tony A was like, that was that was that time. Compton Hoochies, which was a reggae song about Hoochies and Compton. It was like a full reggae song. And then, and then my favorite song on that album was Two at a Time, which is a dope-ass oldie sample. I don't know what sample it is. Probably Deesky would know. But it's him and one of the dudes from Second Second to None. And it's talk, they're trying to convince a girl to do a threesome. Classic. You know what I mean? Would you take this? Well, it was like, take this dick two at a time, girl and just... Oh, dude. Anyway. Yo, Steve Yano, Scandalous Records. Besides those two classics, he also put out an underground rap group that's very dear to my heart called The Black Forest. And he put out You Are Now Entering The Black Forest. The Black Forest, for people that don't know, was the original, not even the original group, but the group that Elemento was in before The Visionaries. He was in this collective called Black Forest, which was about nine or ten MCs, including Elemento. And it had people like Otherwise, Shady Third Degree, Flam, these two producer MCs that called Circle of Power. They were fucking dope. They had, they had a studio in Alhambra, California. And um, like I said, Steve Yano was a dude that, for me, he, he was like, you know, he let me record in his studio. And, you know, I respect the shit out of him. He's an unsung hip-hop icon that affected a lot of people that some of the stuff I'm just talking about, that's just like a little bit of what Steve Yano was about besides the rhodium tapes, having scandalous records. And like I said, groups like proper those black forest, high C and Tony a, that's just some of the stuff that he was part of. I mean, he was putting out oldies, he was putting out mixtapes. So, you know, I want to say rest in peace to Steve Yano. And that's, so that's my little testimony on him. Um, also too, my homie Convict Rick passed away from, from the Good Life Project Blow. Convict Rick, um, he was recently before he passed, he was, you know, his last group was, he was in a group called the Good Life Bullies with LA Cool, the Rifleman from my Afterlife crew, CR, Mr. CR from my Afterlife crew. Um, Volume 10 was in it for a little bit. They're always kicking Volume 10 out because he's a fucking asshole. So 
if you know Valentin, he's a fucking asshole. But uh, so I can see how they kick 10 out. I give them credit for that. They kick 10 out, but then they like stay with them as friends, which is kind of like the way I am with them. Anyway, um, it's an asshole. But uh, uh, what's the other homie? My other homie too is in that. But but anyway, but uh, crazy ass homies. But uh, Convict Rick, man, he I guess he was most notable besides being a good life bullies. He was his most notable work was the two selections that he got to be on the classic volume 10 album, Hip Opera. And he was on a, he was on a, a song called Knock Out Your Skull, which is a fucking, if you punch up volume 10, punch out Knock Out Your Skull, which is all written in one, one shot. Maybe we'll play it. Maybe we'll play it during the set. We'll play a song from a couple people for the, for the song. Yeah, volume 10, Knock Out Your Skull. But uh, he kills that beat. It's a very uh, Cypress Hill, in Soul Assassins influenced beat. And um, at the time, Volume 10 had been signed to Immortal Records. And he was fucking with the Baker Boys, DJ Lito, Cypress Hill, House of Pain. That was like the soul assassin boom. Where Cypress Hill, House of Pain, Funk Dubious, the hooligans who later turned out to be the alchemists. And so that Cypress Hill soul assassin sound was really big. Knock Out Your Skull has that vibe. And uh, he's on that song. And it's really, really dope. And he's also on one more song, which is a dope song called Flowwood which is kind of my favorite song, even on the record. And um, that one's got a Parliament, Funkadelic. That was also like mid-90s. That's when everybody was sampling Atomic Dog. Everybody was sampling Zap and Roger and shit. That funk, that fucking... I think it's Atomic Dog. It's like, zump, 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 zump. And he kills... Dude, he kills his verse. And, he, and in fact, he has a line where he says uh, something like... I got a pebble in my pocket for my uncle, and it's painful. What is Rick to do? Not a not a not a rule in the in the rule book. I took a look. That shit is dope. He's talking about having to sell dope to his family, and I was always like, "Damn, I got a pebble in my pocket for my uncle, and it's painful." That was my favorite line on that shit. But you know, and you and you know what? For me, he was always a good dude, big ass dude, big monster fool, and he was always a good dude. So like. For me, my experience with him is has always been a good. Uh, oh, you want to put that bass in? You want me to have that bass and shit? My bad, my bad. I know women like my voice, so I gotta get all fucking fucking customer service and shit. Like, how you, how you doing? We're gonna pink that. But uh, fucking uh, so yeah, dude. He was a you know he was also a nice guy, and everywhere you know. Every every time I seen him, every time I recorded some songs with him with CR. Every time I see him, man, he always had respect to be in my house. I see him on the scene. Convict Rick always had love for me, and I got love for him. So rest in peace, brother. Like you're dope. You know what I'm saying? He was really dope, and he was one of those good guys. Kind of like one of those dudes. Not even in the background, but he was just one of those dudes that was part of the Project Blow Good Life family. That you're always like, Convict Rick's right there. You know, he reminds me of my homie Punish. That rolls with AC alone and all those dudes. He's a good dude. And so rest in peace to him. Um, and then the next to go down the line, man, rest in peace to the homie Triggs, who 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 got assassinated. He got killed, man, in front of his shop in the valley. And uh same thing with Triggs, you know, tonight on the dawn. I'm glad I brought this up tonight because I'm hosting Rhymefest, so I'm gonna definitely have to talk about Triggs because Triggs was at every Rhymefest. And Triggs, you know, he's a, he was a famous tattoo guy, and he was just a famous dude, man. He, everybody in L.A., he was he was known for, you know, he was all tatted up, his face, everything. He was always in videos. He was always down with the Soul Assassin, Cypress Hill, Psycho Row movement. 
and he was down with us, man. He was down with the Mexican descent. I know that brother forever. And, uh, he would always be at shows. He was always be outside of shows. And, um, you know, th this whole city cried, you know, like about a month ago when he passed or a little more than a month ago when he passed. And it was like, fuck dude, it was, it was really, really crazy, man. Like to, you know, to see his family and all these people that he affected. I mean, he affected people like Chris Brown, Snoop Dogg and all schoolboy Q, all kind of people were like, all man, every gangster in LA, every Raza, every Mexican in LA was at his service. And you know what? He was always a nice guy. Same thing with, with me. He was like, a, I remember a visionary show at the Avalon and it was like, I forgot who it was, the visionaries and somebody else. And I was posted with him. I seen him outside and he was like, let's go get a beer too, Mex. And I was like, fuck, I don't drink. It's like, let's go get a beer. I was like, all right, I'll walk with you. And so we walked up. I don't know if it was Quango. We walked up Ivar or whatever to that 7-Eleven up there by the, by the Avalon and uh, got a couple beers. And I was like, fool, I got to get back. We were like sitting in front of 7-Eleven and he was like, nah, fool, drink the shit. Like sit out right here and drink this beer with me. And I was like, fool, I was like, I'm going on in like 10 minutes, five minutes. And he was like, he's like, fuck them. There's literally 800, 900 people at this spot. And he's like, fuck them. You're too mixed, fool, they'll wait for you. And I was like, nah, fool. And he was like trying to punk me to stay there and drink a beer. And I stayed there and drank a beer with him. So I guess he did punk me. But, um, but, um, that guy was cool, man. Like he always, he was always like really loving and, and he was always loving. And in fact, the last time I seen him was the last rhyme fest that I went to, which was on Easter Sunday. He leaving that rhyme fest at the end of that, at the end of the night. I remember walking out of Ryan Fest and he was super faded sitting in the backseat of a car and all his homies were like, like making sure he was good because it's because people love the shit out of him and he was faded and they were like, and he was like, fuck that. He jumped out the car. I think we took a picture. And he was like, man, these motherfuckers not letting me drive. I was like, good. <laughs> like, that's right. That's, that's what a fucking homie is. You know what I mean? And, uh, he was just shit face and it was like, I just remember, you know, but he was always really, really good. And he was always loving, like, he was a really a sweet guy. And, you know, it's not like I talked to him on the phone or anything. It's not like I, like, went and visited him at, at his house or anything. It was just an, another person in our scene. For me, you know, a person, a supporter, a real hip-hop person. Whether you're, whether you're rapping, breakdancing, DJing, graffiti, fucking anything. Even if you're just a person showing loyalty to this ta the tapestry of L.A., that that's who he was to me, you know what I mean? And that was, that might've been the ex, ex, extension of my friendship, but he was good to me, man. I knew the brother for like 18 years. And so that, that one, you know, that made me super, super sad. I mean, I've been, I've been in a fucking haze for like a month, but, and then, um, so I just want to say rest in peace, Triggs. And, uh, you know, I, I see that dude's face everywhere. I see it online. There's a, there's a mural of him right here on Vernon. When I, every time I go to the 110 freeway, I'll stop, you know, I'll see it, take pictures of it, you know, whatnot. I just drove my homegirl over there the other day because she wanted to see it. And, uh, you know, I think about him and, you know, you know, my respect goes to his family and anything they need from me, you know, they, they got, they got me. I think I just called. And, uh, and last but not, and definitely not least, um, I lost, uh, uh, I actually lost a group member in the last, probably since we talked last. And, uh, it's my friend Ike. Ike Isaiah Owens, who, uh, along with myself and, uh, my homegirl Mindy and a couple of friends, we, and my homie Jesse Wilder, we, and, uh, we had a band called the Look Daggers. 
And uh, and besides that, it wasn't, man, Ike Owens is like the, I always said he was like Jimi Hendrix on the keys, but more than that, he was like, he's a monster, man. He, he's been in, honestly, like 15 bands. He was a member of a, of a really popular group called the Mars Volta. He, uh, he was in a, a group called De Facto. He, <coughs> when he passed away, he was playing keyboard for Jack White from the White Stripes. And he passed away in Pachuca, Mexico. And, uh, and, uh, he was just, uh, he was in a free moral agents. He was a group called, he was in a group called Pocket Lint. He was, uh, man, dude. I mean, he played with Tom Petty. He played with legends. I mean, people respected him. He was in the Long Beach Dub All-Stars, which means he played with Sublime. He was in a band with them. I mean, he played on all, he played on Run the Jewels, which is a new LP, you know what I mean? Album. And I mean, he was an amazing dude. He, he produced about, just that I know of, he produced like 20 bands. And uh, man, like, it's crazy that he passed away. You know, he died in his sleep at a concert in Mexico. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> The record that I have with him, sorry, I was drinking a strawberry drink, and I was like, some agua fresca shit, and all the strawberry little pieces are in my throat. But, uh, fucking, um, man, the group I had with him, Look Daggers, we made one album, it's called Suffering Style, and we put it out in 2006 on, on Up Above Records, and honestly, man, meeting him and fucking working with him, he, he uh, he changed my life, and he changed my perspective on on music, because... I've fucked with bands before. I was lucky enough to see the the creation of Oso Motley with Charlie Tuna. You know what I mean? I got to see Oso Motley be a band and play. And Oso Motley would take me on the road with them sometimes for up to the Bay and other places and shit. So I got to see the Black Eyed Peas be a band. I've got to see many bands, you know, out there form and play for years. And I've got, as a rapper, I've stood in front of jazz bands and all kinds of rock bands and shit, all that shit. But my experience with Ike was like, making that record was like, fuck, dude. It was just like, I I don't know. I really appreciate it more than anything, I think. And, and more than anything, it, it made me understand how, how much better live music is than sample-based rap. I love sample-based rap, but live music was amazing. He He was crazy, man. Like, he honestly, like, was that kind of person that, this is the kind of person Ike was. Ike would win a Grammy. I think he won at least a couple. Ike won a Grammy on a Sunday, and then Monday he would be in Long Beach playing for like five people in a bar, playing his ass off, not giving a fuck that there's six people looking at. And he just won a Grammy the night before. Instead of being flossy, like I made it to the mountaintop, I'm fucking somebody special. He's like, nah, let me get back to work. Let me go. He would meet. He would meet a band. And, be, and then they'd be like, you should produce for us. He'd be like, yeah, hook it up. And fucking 10 days later, I'd seen him. He'd be like, oh, yeah, we made a whole album already. I went over there. I was there for four days. He's like, I flew to Denver. I fucking, you know, they paid me. I was out there for like a week. And yeah, we finished that shit. And he, you know what I mean? It just, he was amazing, man. And for me, he was a really good dude. And uh, more than anything, like I just told his brother, man, I was like, dude, your brother was a good dude. But more than anything, I'm just going to miss seeing him play. Because when he played, he was freestyle. He was like a freestyle king. You know, me and him would go to other states. And uh, we'd be right about to, it'd be time to play. It's like, yo, they're announcing us. We're hitting the stage. 
And then we'd look at each other and he'd be like, what are we, and I'd be like, what are we going to do? Like, imagine being at a show and like, you're already on stage and we don't know what we're going to do. And he would just be like, follow my lead. Give me five minutes. Let me freestyle for five minutes. And you just come in and we'll figure this shit out. And that was amazing. And in fact, I've been doing that a lot since he passed. I've been just rolling the shows with no plan and do that freestyle. And I'm not, man, I, I don't, I'm not a good freestyler at all, to be honest with you, compared to Freestyle Fellowship, Cholo Cinco, all these people that are monster freestyle, no can do, bus driver, all the people that I've known. I'm not idea. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even on none of those fools levels, but just kind of like in tribute to Ike, I've been running around town, like freestyling whole sets. You know what I mean? Just like for him, kind of like, and not even for him, but just because he put me in that place where he was like, he's the kind of fool that I would, I, we'd go in a studio session and he'd be like, I just heard Kendrick Lamar do a 10 minute freestyle. So I need 10 minutes from you. You know, I need a 10 minute part. And I'd be like, what? Fuck Kendrick Lamar. I can't do that shit. You know, and he'd be like, I want that shit. I want, I just saw the roots do something. I, I, I want you to do something like that. And I'd be like, fuck, that's crazy. You know, my phone's ringing, but I don't know who it is. Huh? To Max, this is Agala trying to get a, a plus two to the night show. All right, I got you. Hold on, let's talk to Agala the Don, shall we? Special guest. Hold on. Hold on. Yo, what up, G? Hey, hey, Two Max, what's going on? How you doing? Oh man, I'm chilling. Doing. I'm actually doing my podcast right now, and you're on it right now. What's up, G? Oh, I'm on your podcast. You are now, G. What's cracking? Oh wow, what up? Oh man, wow, what up? What up? It's Agala the Don right here. Some motherfucking Agala the Don. What's up, G? I'm about to tell you a story after. Oh, man. Wonderful, man. I'm just, uh, you know, here with the homies out here in Long Beach. You know what I mean? Shout out to the whole, you know, L.A. County. You know what I mean? Getting that real hip-hop in. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You come. You come in tonight to, to Rhymefest, right? I got you. Oh yeah, no nah, man, I appreciate you, man. I gotta, I gotta have you on my podcast, man, because I think all these LA motherfuckers, they see you and they have no idea for how, how fucking music rich you are, man. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna save it for a podcast where you're actually sitting here next to me, and and right, getting right, down right. and shit. But uh, I got you though tonight. You straight. Oh, don't stress. Hey, I got one for you, though. Hey, I got a little challenge for you, man. You think you got a verse? You got a verse in the chamber you can spit? Because this shit sounds real crispy right now. Y'all can listen to Wayne, y'all can listen to Drake, but when you listen to 8, 
What's up, Akalada Don? Hell yeah, you a G in the clutch right there. Hey, you a G right there. I like that, man. Yo. Oh, now you killed it, fool. I know. You killed it. So, dude, give a shout out, man, and I'll see you tonight at Rhinefest. You got some shout outs? I'll catch you tonight, man. Be safe. Yes, sir. Two max in a minute. Oh, all right. Peace. Late. That's right. That's Agalada Don, fool. That's what we're talking about. Real hip-hop on the, at the drop of a fucking dime. In fact, Agalada Don's in Long Beach where Ike, <coughs> where Ike be kicking, at, kicking it at and was out there, man. So that was pretty awesome. So uh, anyway, that's Agalada Don. Man. He's going to be a guest on the show. Whoa, that's a whole nother chapter. I'm going to wait till he, he's actually sitting here because he's, he's a two-hour interview for sure, just on his East Coastness. Just the fact that he was out there with uh, with Alchemist and all these, man. We'll get into that. Ari the Rugged, man. He's the fucking man. But anyway, I was like, I love the Don. He was calling me because he wanted to go to Ryan Fest. I was like, I got you, G. Anyhow, going back to Ike, man. Basically, like, like I said, man, you know, he, he, that record I got to make with him, it was just an amazing experience. I got the tour with them. I got to go to, you know, across the country on this tour called the Dead Hand Control Tour. And just I got to see the shit he did, man. When he was part of Mars Volta, I'm a monster Mars Volta fan. And, dude, I can't say he made that group because, dude, Cedric's vocals, the arrangement, the progression of the music. Mars Volta isn't a one-trick pony, but he was definitely part of, an intricate part of that group, along with Cedric and all... Mark Volta's like Pink Floyd to me, so there's not there's not one aspect to that group. But honestly, man, Ike, all the shit that Ike laced on on that on those records were amazing. So, and you know, he was a friend of mine, and I miss him, man. I, I got to, um, you know, uh, these last couple of weeks, it was a benefit show for him in Long Beach, and you know, people came out, DJ Nobody, Daedalus, Flying Lotus, I think Jay Electronica was there, all all these bands that he touched and influenced, produced, and. He was just a really, really, really good dude, man. And if you ever get a chance, uh, like I said, we had a band. It's called Look Daggers, and the record was called Suffering Style. And uh, the cover was really dope. It's like a Louis Vuitton noose because it was like Suffering Style. So it was like a Louis Vuitton noose around your neck. And um, it was a good record, man. A lot of people, a lot of people that are fans of mine, they they tell me that that along with maybe the Visionaries that the Look Daggers is probably my best moment. They say that it's the best produced stuff and that's the most musical. And um, and even on a personal level, my dad, I brought my dad out one time to Look Daggers. We played at Amoebas. And my dad even, like, my dad doesn't like shit that I do. My dad's, my dad listens to my albums and he's like, 
are you hearing the beat right? Like, my dad be talking shit. My dad be like, you know, you know, they can mix you better. Like, my dad's a fucking, my dad be like, your voice, you know, you should learn how to, how to like not have that kind of weird ass raspy voice. Like, my dad, my dad a fucking, my dad will criticize an apple pie. You know what I mean? There's, there's nothing fucking, that fool, that fool criticize a hundred dollar bill. He'd be like, what the fuck is this? this shit is old. You know, like, my dad's like, he's just like that. And my, and he saw Look Daggers play and, and my dad was like, Damn, that fool's bad. You know, my dad was like, that's good. My dad was like, I've never seen you, like, sound so good. That shit was dope. That guy's dope. Wow. You know, he was like, you were a live band, right? Doing something. So to me, like, one thing I thank Ike for was, like, he helped me get validation from my dad, which is so hard for me because my dad still to this day looks at me like, he thinks I'm selling drugs. He's like, oh, you're not making money as a rapper. Like, what? He, that's been my dad's. They've been baffled for 20 years. Like, they have no concept of how the fuck I could exist like this. They're like, this is bullshit. They're like, you you actually fucking, you know? They think it's a drug front. You know what I'm saying? But whatever. But yeah, so, so you know, I, I thank him a lot for that because that's another thing that he did. He also legitimized me in a lot of ways. Being able to play with him, he legitimized me in, in the faces of, like, not only, like, the media and people like that. People, You know, he just... You know, when I had Ike with me and we would roll just me and him or with the band, I knew that wherever we were, whatever show we played, whatever festival we played, I knew that we could be the baddest. You know, we could we could kill it. And so the last shows that we did, actually, we were doing these improv shows, going back to the freestyle shit. We were doing these improvisational shows in Long Beach at this little dike dive bar in Long Beach called the Case Ra. So like the dike bar in town over there. And uh, so we we did a couple of these. And then Ike would throw shows on four days' notice on a Monday. You know, like 17 people would show up and shit. And we would play these improvisational sets, once again, where he was like, I'm just going to start playing this 808, and shit's just going to happen, and then we'll figure it out. And, man, honestly, like, whether I was killing it or falling off or trying to find a balance, like, it was like going to school. It was like, here I am, 40 years old, and it's like, stepping into workshops with this fool because that's how dope he was. You know what I mean? And and it was an honor to, to work with him and kick it with him. And um, and everybody in his family was dope. Like, his brother Aaron was fucking super dope, played in, played in a bunch of dope-ass bands and shit. His brother Eugene, who, 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 who he was the band leader for Lauren Hill for a little while, and he, he had a band called Eugene and the, and the 1814 that shit is dope, dude. He, he was on some fucking Lenny Kravitz, Lenny Kravitz type shit. And um, just a lot of the bands that he worked with, Wildpack of Canaries, Rubidoux, Crystal Antlers, all these bands. Everybody, he free moral agents is out of control. Every band he touched, he made them better. But every band that he touched, he there was already, they were like incredible. You know, whether they're popular or not, whether they're big, whether they have videos. So it was, it was really crazy to see that and actually it was good to see Ike he went out on top he went out with Jack White winning Grammys critically acclaimed album of the year you know what I'm saying it was like there was times when he was in the Mars Volta on tour with Red Hot Chili Peppers and then there'd be times that he was at a bar in Long Beach playing with me for 17 people on a Monday getting you know setting up shows getting like 20 bucks you know what I mean like playing just as hard as he would be playing 
and and fucking at the Staples Center. You know what I'm saying? Playing just as hard with bands in front of six people as he would be playing with Mars Volta opening up for System of a Down. You know what I mean? So he taught me a lot, man. And I was like, that was really, really, really good. You know what I'm saying? So rest in peace to Ike. You know, I've been seeing this fool ever since he passed. I've been seeing him. I walked into my room the other day. And as soon as I walk into my room, his face is on the TV and then he disappeared and he was in a, a Jack White video and I had no idea. And it was like right the moment that I walk in the room, I look at the TV and it's his face and then he disappears. And I was like, oh shit. A couple, on Thanksgiving, which was a couple of days ago, I'm talking to my dad about Ike and uh, we're talking about, you know, I miss him and I was kind of, I was telling him, I see him. I was like, I seen, I was driving down the street in a car, a dude almost walks in front of my car almost hit him and he's like yo 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 and i look at him and it's the dude looks just like ike completely and i'm like instead of being mad i was like trying to pull out my camera to take a picture because i was like fuck he looks like just like ike and shit um and nolo no nolo will get with me on this one i was talking to my dad on on thanksgiving and uh we're talking about ike and then noel calls me and says oh dude our homie joe he's at the san francisco 49ers game on Thanksgiving, he said they just played a song of, of, of me and Knowles on, on, at the game. And it was Once Again, which is the song we sampled Mar Volta, you know what I mean? Which is Ike, you know what I mean? And so he was like, I just talked to my dad about Ike and about seeing ghosts. My mom was telling me about her, about my grandfather, that he passed away and she saw him before he died in a, in a gray suit. And, and that the night, the night that he died, before they took him to the hospital, he told... He told my my mom and and my grandma that there's a lady dressed in white at the door telling them to come the night he died. So we're talking about ghosts and shit like that. And we're talking about that shit. And then no, I literally walk out of my house and no calls me like, yo, Joe Dubs at the 49er game. And he said they just played once again at the stadium. And then I get another text like, yo, I'm I'm at the I'm at the Niners game and they're playing your song over the and it was and it was Ike. It was like the song me, Ike and no, you know? And I was like, damn, it's crazy. Like, I mean, it's kind of dumb, but it's just like, you know, I don't know if it's serendipity or whatever, but those like little moments, you know what I mean? It's a trip, you know, to think like that and shit. So it's kind of crazy, man. Like life happens like that sometimes where you like think of something and then, you know, that person. So for me, I'm super sad about that. How did you meet Ike? How did I meet Ike? Um, well, I opened up, Visionaries opened up one time for de facto at the knitting factory. Well, you know, this is how I met Ike, actually. I, you know, Mars Volta was a band called At The Drive-In before, they're from El Paso, Texas. And there was a time where I was on the verge of being signed to the Beastie Boys Grand Royal label for like, just like a 12 inch deal. It was towards the end of the run. And this dude, Tick, A&R from Grand Royal, brought me in there and was like, we're gonna do a Mind Clouders 12 inch or whatever. I ended up doing a record with the drummer from At The Drive-In, so I found out about At The Drive-In, then I found out about Mars Volta, and de facto, Ike went to school with Elemental. So there was this Long Beach connection, and that was one connection, and then the other one was that my ex-roommate here, Subtitle, was actually the only rapper on, on Mars Volta's record label. Mars Volta had a label called Gold Standards Laboratory, GSL, and, and uh, Sub-T, even though his shit is more bedroom electronica, he, he, he was like the only rap act. So he toured with them. So we knew him. They, they would have these, uh, free moral agents would have these freestyle sessions 
and invite bus drivers, subtitle, me, Elemental, to go out there. And we would go out there and and, uh, and just freestyle and shit. And that's how I met Ike. And then we just started working on shit. He was telling me, Aaron, Ike's brother was just telling me that before Elemental was even in Visionaries, when he was like 15 years old, he had a group called 100% Cotton. He had a band called 100% Cotton. And he said that they went, Ike and Elemental, they went to San Diego to open up for a Tribe Called Quest. And they said that they, that them and a Tribe Called Quest played for like 30 people. And I was like, a Tribe Called Quest? Like, dude, he said a Tribe Called Quest came out and did a whole set in front of like 30 people. Like in the 90s. And I was like, and they, and they opened up for him. And I was like, what? So that, that was kind of crazy and shit. But uh, also too, fuck, I'll tell one last story about it and then we'll move on. One of the dopest things, well, I don't know. It's hard to say something that something's dope when you were talking about your homie passing away. So it's hard for me to say something's dope. But, but um, his brother was telling me a story about um, how how Ike and, and his two brothers, how you know he was saying that Look Daggers is, was one of his favorite bands, and I was like, to me, I, I found it to be very weird because I was like, man, the dude the Mars Volta, you know. Jack White's band, you know, Long Beach Dub All-Stars. He's been in bands, like, with major fools. And he was saying that 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 they know in their heart that Look Daggers was, like, top two favorite bands from him. And I was like, for real? And I was like, that's amazing. You know, that's crazy. I'm honored. And he was saying that when they were little, the reason that, that I'm, I'm one of his favorite bands is because when they were little, they idolized LL Cool J on MTV's Unplugged. Did you ever see that? Remember back in the day when MTV was doing the Unplugged series and they had the rapper version and they had L. Could you do Mama Said Knock You Out with the band? The band was actually called Pop's Cool Love and shit. There were some dudes that had to, had something to do with Cyber Cell and shit. First album. But anyway, that whole shit. And so they were like, they were like, dude, when we were young, all we wanted to do was be the band behind L. Kuja doing that shit. And so like, in a weird, he was like, in a weird way, that was the kind of shit that we was doing with you, like strong rapper band. So I was, I was always like, damn, that's fucking crazy. So I just thought that was like, for me, I was just always like, I never knew that until like a week ago. So I was just like, oh man, I, I could see that dynamic, like over like that, you know, the house band for like some dude, like, you know, so I thought that was cool, you know, and I just thought that, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out what we're trying to do to honor his legacy. Um, between Disky, Disky has a whole eight-song album with Ike. I've got seven or eight tracks unfinished with Ike also. So we're trying to figure out if maybe posthumously we'll, we'll, we'll gather some stuff and, and kind of create maybe like one last EP in honor of, of the Look Dagger name. Because we have songs, we have legitimate great songs that he played on and conceptualized and created and he's wilding out on the keys on it. You know what I mean? So we might, we might do that. So we're working on that. And uh, so, yeah, so I really just wanted to tell, you know, in the last month, I've really been fucked up, man. I, I try to pretend that I was good, but man, I'm bullshitting. Like, honestly, I've, I've, I've been acting like I was happy, but I haven't been, man. I've been fucking wrecked and sick and not sleeping. And, you know, I say even taking a little more drugs than I usually would as far as like smoking bud and, even like take, I think I've taken like a Vicodin or some like, what do you call it? What do you call those ones that break up in four? 
that the girls take. Oh, Zanny bars. What are they called? Xanax? I've gotten a couple of those in my pocket and I've taken those and shit on nights when I can't sleep and shit. And uh, I've had a couple of nights, man, where I've been out there drinking and shit and just kind of like trying to change my headspace and shit. Because I've definitely been super mega sad about all four of those people, depending on, not depending on how close they are to me or how, how much I talk to them before they pass. Steve Yano, in the case of Steve Yano, I hadn't seen that brother in seven years, but it didn't mean that it didn't hurt when I heard that he passed, you know? So, yeah, man, I've been pretty fucked up. But uh, other than that, man, I've been using music to uh, to kind of like, you know, deflect all that kind of stuff I've been trying to record. And um, yeah, uh, the other thing too I want to talk about was family since Thanksgiving just passed. And uh, one, one thing that me and my homie Scooby, shout out to Scooby, from Ryan Fest was probably already at the fucking building getting ready after this podcast. I'm going to take a nap, take a shower and shit, take the bus up there. But, uh, me and Scooby were talking and we were talking about how busy we've been throwing these shows and being so dedicated to hip hop. Like, I mean, dedicated, like, I mean, to a fucking ridiculous degree where like no one even notices what you're doing. And, uh, this week we were, um, doing some interviews here at the house and at the B-side shop for, for, like a press run for Ryan Fest. And we were talking and he was like, man, I was kicking it. He was telling me about how people were inviting him to a barbecue. And he was saying that he's never been to a barbecue. He's like, I've never been in, in one of my homies backyard all day while they cook food. And we just relaxed because he's such a workaholic. And he was like, dude, Thanksgiving night, this fool was texting me like, I need your email list. I need your, I was like, fool, it's Thanksgiving and six o'clock fucking relax and he's like i tried i can't and and he reminded me of this of this concept where he was talking about how he, he can't how he how he's like never been to a barbecue and or like really he's like i've never been to a barbecue cooking all day he's like i've never done that and i was like man i was like i can kind of relate to that concept because um we're just weirdos about this art and um you know i showed up yesterday to that little show some free show at six o'clock and i was like what am i doing here like there's no one don't even you know like the shit's not even open yet <laughs> you know what i mean and i'm just like you know the, the way that the way the way that we care about it's like watching a show i was at a show the other day and i was watching the mics and i wasn't even playing at the show and i was already like that mic sucks. If I was rapping, I would grab that one and I would do this. And, and I'm fucking, I'm not even on the show and I'm walking over to the sound man like, hey man, you can turn the bit. I have nothing to do with the production of this fucking shit. And like the, the person in, it's like Disky, you know, Disky's like, there's so many times where we're trying to like just drive or listen to music and we're listening to someone's CD and Nola will be like, that mix is super weak. You know that fucking thing? And it's like, just listen to it. And Noel's like fixated with the fucking sound and the fucking and the bass and the fuck and you know who all oh, I'm like that the same way I'll be listening to songs and instead of listening to them it's like oh you know atmosphere already sampled that you know I'm just like that's where like I listen to somebody's song and I'm like uh you know Kanye West already used that that's fucking like you know and that'll make me like stop listening to the song and be like. Man, Kanye, Bismarck, he did that shit already like 10 years ago. So it's like weird, man, to, to be like so uh, 
you know, about hip hop. And, and in the Scooby's case, he was just talking about family. And we were talking about how, how sometimes hip hop is our family more than our own family because we're so addicted to the game. We're so addicted to the, you know, I, I recently took a road trip to Humboldt County last week to go open up for dilated peoples. I'll give you an example. This is, this is how neurotic and this is, this is why I'm going to die of, of stress. Um, my homies out there, they're called Collective Elements. They're a reggae band, hip hop. They've been paying me to do songs with them for like five years. They got my back, dude. I love these fools. I got like five or six songs with them. Songs with KRS-One, songs with Lord Zen, songs with, dude, I got like two songs with KRS-One just through them. Songs with Rock Our Science. So, gee. And then, uh, um, what's up? My name is Alex. I'm just kidding. And then fucking, uh, and then, uh, I'm just fucking around. But, uh, concepts in the house. But, uh, yeah, man. So I was out there going to Humboldt and, uh, Basically, man, these homies were like, we're opening up for dilated peoples and hieroglyphics. And we don't really get shows. And it would be an honor if you came up to do these songs, four songs with us that we have with you. And I was like, man, Humboldt County, like, I'm not really getting paid. They're like, we'll pay for your rental and the gas. And I'm just like, fuck, 12-hour drive. like, and I, And I'm just like, but these dudes have been so good to me over the years. Like, literally, man, there's times where these fools pay my rent. Or, like, a song from them will pay my rent. You know what I'm saying? And so, even Noel, even Disky was like, it was the day before, and Disky was like, are you going to go to Humboldt? And I was like, I can't let these fools down. And it's like, fuck it. So, I get, so a fan of mine's like, I want to go. Full rent a car. We fucking dip. And then Lord Zen's like, I'm in, I'm in Merced up in the Bay. Pick me up. Fucking go make a side track. Pick up this fool. Drive 12 hours to, to Humboldt. We get there at 6.30. Dude, we're playing at 7.30. We're like the first group on the bill. It's a bunch of hippies. Even when I left before Dilated played, even when I left, I was already like, I don't even want to see Dilated People, one of my favorite groups, play in front of 115 hippies that aren't even like about diet. Like they're just like, they're, they're there, but it, it isn't like, it wasn't like, they're hippies. Who, like they weren't even like real. There wasn't like nobody there that knew Dilated's first album. You know what I mean? Like nothing like that. And I'm not dissing the crowd. They're cool people. But I'm just saying like, fucking drove all the way up there, got there, basically played in front of like 60 people and, and, uh, and just wanted to make sure I was there for the homies, you know what I mean? And played with them and smoked some trees and, and shit like that. And then drove straight back home, 12 hours, just that so we could make Kush Harvest. And it was like, and it was like, why the fuck did I do that? I could have called this fool, canceled out and said, you know what? It's beyond my means right now. But the hip hop in me is like, I can't pass this up. And it's not even about opening for dialogue because I see the homies all the time. But it was just like, I gotta do it. It's the hip hop thing to do. It's like the homies need me to play. They've been good to me. They, they take care of me. I got love for them. If it's gonna make them look better, then I gotta go hustle it. And I went. And, and, it, and it was cool for what it was, you know? But it was just like, and I'm breaking my neck driving back 12 hours, 24 hours, dude. And, uh, and then get to the Kush Harvest, same shit, Kush Harvest. Like, I'm there at four, I don't play till 10. So now I'm stuck at the Kush Harvest, high as fuck. And uh, people, dude, I'm going to tell you, man, 
Cocaine's a hell of a drug, dude. So are dabs, food. Dabs are hell of a drug, dude. I don't understand if y'all people out here in the dab world know that you're smoking weed crack. Cause dude, everybody at the Kush Harvest was fucking higher than they've ever been. And dude, people were spazzing out on me left and right. There was gay cholos fucking so high out of their brain cells that they need they were just like they were fans though, but they were just so on one that they were just like Fool came up to me like 27 times and shit. Um, my, my boy Circus from Shapeshifters was there and he was dropping like, he freestyled, he put me in the corner and he freestyled for 20 minutes and he was just saying paranoia and gibberish and crazy shit for 20 minutes in the corner. I was like, but, but out of all that gibberish, every now and then he said something brilliant. He said, uh, he said, uh, he said, the power, the power elite will one day fall at the feet in defeat of those that have the least to eat. That was a dope. He said that shit out of all the crazy shit. And then he said, circus. Yeah, it was all freestyle. He freestyled for 20 minutes. And then he said, he said, follow me until the unlimited continue. That was hard. I was like, every time I caught something that I could remember, he said, follow me until the unlimited continue. And then he said that power elite line. Those are the only two I really remember. But he said more shit. But he was just like, he said 20 minutes worth of shit. You know, he was like, yo, Gabba, Gabba, the police, grab a, you know. Oh, shit, we have another special guest. Hold on. DJ Lala. Hey, Lala. Hey. I just want to, I'm, I'm doing the podcast right now, and you're on it right now. Say hi. Say hi, Lala. What up? We got DJ Lala. Agala the Don just called in, too, and he kicked a rhyme and shit. What's up with you? All right, all right. you want to have a more if you want to have a more personal conversation I could take you off speaker but just just know that you're you want to talk about some personal shit I was trying to see what time you're gonna get over there I'm, as soon as this as soon, oh yeah as soon as the podcast is over I'm gonna take a shower and then I'm gonna take I was gonna take the bus up there why are you trying to pick me up what well yeah yeah come down well whenever you come down I'll be here All right, yeah, I'll be ready for sure, and then we'll roll up there. All right, well, I'll see you soon then. All right, say bye to the people. Bye, everyone. Peace out. Represent. Uh, all right, see you later. Peace. All right. Oh, word up. Special guest, DJ Lala. I think everybody that calls will be a special guest today. But uh, anyhow, dude, now that I know that it sounds good like that, we should have people calling to kick rhymes. We can do that on Skype You know what I mean? That might work, too, I think. I don't know, I got one more thing. Where'd I hit you up right have I have a thing. Where'd, uh, G, you got tickets on you? I need three, or should I get them at the venue? I heard, get a backstage pass. But yeah, I need tickets. I'm heading to LA early. Okay. Let me just read my text messages. What, what were we talking about? It's all tickets to fucking Rhymefest. Yo, I need four tickets. I don't, I haven't talked to you in seven years, but I need four tickets to Rhymefest. Yep, there you go. Hey, fam. Can I get me plus one tonight? That's all. That's all I was going to get all day today. So anyway, I'm everybody's best friend today. All of a sudden, I look good to bitches today. Just today, though. <laughs> today, and rock the bells. And, you know, if I get lucky enough to play a, some show that's got evidence or immortal technique on it, that's when, like, ladies love me. I'm just fucking around. Anyway, but not really. Anyway, we're almost done. Hold on. I got one more thing. Ooh, I think I got a naked picture for somebody. Too bad you can't see this shit. 
Okay, there you go. All right. Love it. Okay, let me just say love it and get back to that. Anyways, but um, what were we talking about? Kush Harvest? Yeah. Circus. Yeah, so Circus was like, he was on one heavy, man, and he was just spitting. And then um, other people were just in my face rhyming. I, I smoked so much that I got I got paranoid, like old school style paranoid. And uh, But the show was dope, man, like Destruct, Disciples of the Sick, everybody was killing it. I got up there. My DJ went missing. Rawls, he got arrested outside by the cops for having an open container or something. So Rawls had texted me, like, I'm in the building. So then I looked for him for an hour. I couldn't find him. And then literally they're like, you're on. And I didn't have a DJ, so somebody just threw on some beats. And I kind of rhymed for like seven, eight minutes and just jumped off stage and left. So And then I was in a limo. I tried to, I tried to leave, and Abstract Root and Mike and I were in a limo. I was like, what the fuck? the fuck is going on over here so i jumped in the limo with them for like 45 seconds and um but anyway man so going back to the dedication family the concept of family it's like man and this is why people are mad at me too because i fuck up and take too much on and and especially for the money you know, I'm such a whore for, for, for the money because I have to pimp myself because that's all I do. People talk shit to me because I'm on IG every day. Like, yo, tickets to my show. Yo, I do custom songs. Yo, I do shows. Dude, that's, that, that shit is my television station. That's like my digital business card. That's all. I, it's not all I have, but it's like what I have to trans, transmit out to the world. So if every day I go hard soliciting collabs and shit like that it's just it is what it is i don't you know i can get judged by it but i don't i don't give a fuck i'm out here just hustling you know music and my art so but at the same time i get in over my head for two reasons one because i just take on too much i say yes to everything and i take on too much and then especially when people are throwing dough at me i'm like sure just send me the money and i'll worry about that shit next week you know like a stupid ass like and so sometimes I fall behind and shit. And the other reason, too, that I fall behind is because I charge so cheap. I, I try to work with people and I try not to charge them a lot. So next thing you know, of course, dude, if I'm only charging you two bills for a song, then I got a gang of motherfuckers that are giving me two bills because it's cheaper than anything. But then again, I'll take five songs, six songs, and I'll fall behind sometimes because I'm like... But it's like, if I was if I was charging more than... than then I would be living so good that I would have m much more time to make everything. So it's a weird ass, it's a weird fucking king of the dipshits. It's a weird, you know, I'm in that weird place, man, that, that I've always been. And I've been in the last 10 years where like, I'm in that weird, like, oh man, Tumex, you're so dope. What are you doing on the bus? Kind of world. You know what I mean? That's where I'm at. And it's like, you know, it's like, I won't name, I won't name the rapper, but one of the, probably the one of the best rappers in the city or one of the most popular rappers on the West Coast. It's like, you know, he told my homie on the low, like, what's up with Alex? Like, he's the dopest rapper in, in L.A., but, like, why is he not platinum or whatever? And I'm just like, because it's not meant to be like that. You know, the energy. I think we've talked about that before, so we, we won't get into that shit. But it's like one of those things where, like, I'm just in this perpetual a state of hap happiness and gratefulness and at, and at the same time it's 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 some weird shit
Anyway, uh, family though, hip hop is my family. Rhymefest is my family. You know, it's the shapeshifters, the visionaries. Like, you know, it, it's it's good to see the people that you care about, and it's good to see to be out on the scene and see the loyal. You know, the con people like Concept who are fucking lo deathly loyal to to our scene. You know, and, and uh, I think that's you know that's where I'm at, and I'm gonna be like that until the end. You know, like. And, and now that I, going back to earlier in this conversation, we're talking about death, man, every day is precious. You know, Ike lived his life every, I mean, this fool would not sleep. This fool was like, if there was a bar at 4am, he's like, I heard there's a bar at 4am. Let's go hit that shit. Like he's fucking on one. He lived his life to the fullest. He was always in a studio, always doing shit. And uh, he lived with a sense of urgency that, um, that I have too, for some reason, ever since my homie memo died in my arms in 2000, I've always had this sense of urgency. I've always had this, like, like, let's do this shit right now, you know? Even this morning, man, I'm exhausted, dude. I didn't get, I had the best time last night. I'm not even going to lie. I had the best time. Shout out to my homie Ryan and his lady, my homegirl Ginger, my homegirl MJ. I had the best fucking time last night. I, everything, I got to play a good show. LA Symphony made me feel like a fan again. I was chilling with good friends and shit. You know, fucking sexy lady on my side, you know, grabbing some booty and shit. You know what I'm saying? Got that J-Lo booty. I was fucking, look, you know, fools are looking at me like, oh, you got it, you know, you're making a crack. There was other girls looking at me like, holler at me when you're by yourself. You know, it was like one of those, one of those nights, you know what I mean? So it was cool and shit. I had a really good time. So, um, that, that made me feel good. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, I don't know. That, that's pretty much been a recap of, of the last month. Shit has been pretty heavy. I've been in kind of a daze with all my fallen homies, but on the flip side of shit, things are going good. Rhymefest is tonight. Um, we've got some good things on the horizon going into 2015. As far as even the show, hopefully we'll get some sponsorship. Um, you know, I've got people that are helping me. I have people that are coming to me and saying, hey, I got five Gs. Hey, I got 10 grand. Let's throw a show. Hey, I got... So people are believing in me. People believe in me more than I believe in me, which is stupid, but, but true. You know what I mean? People believe in me way more. They want me to succeed way more than I do. Way more than I do. I don't want to succeed. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? There's something cold to drink in the fridge. Are the Raiders playing on TV? You know what I'm saying? Do I got some lady coming over at 10, 11, 1 in the morning? Cool, then maybe I'm straight. You know, is there some, you know what I mean? Is there some chump change in my pocket? Cool. Is that a future for a grown-ass man? No. It's a fucked-up-ass future. This world's going to collapse, and I might be homeless, or I might be working at CVS, but that's fine with me. I'm not tripping on that. So, so, so that, you know, that's, that's where I'm at, man, with it. And uh, that's what, that's my last month to all the people out there. You've seen me out there. You've brought me tamales. You, you've seen me at the bus stop. You know what I'm saying? You see me at the show, every show, annoying the shit out of you. Oh, too, oh, why is he opening up for Army of the Pharaohs? Oh, I just saw this full Tuesday. Why is he opening up for Necro? Oh, I'm tired of, oh, I've been seeing this song for six months. I'm tired. Does he know that he's bald? Does he, how does he walk out with his hair like that? He's bald. He's a hunchback. Why is he hanging out with a 19 year old? Is he trying to fuck? Is he a pervert? Why is he liking my my girl's pictures on Instagram? I hate him. It's like fuck, dude. That's 
that's just the reality of what's been going on. So it's just the truth, man. It's like, it's the truth. And you know what? It's, it's funny, man. Like, it's funny. Like, uh, you know, I think I've said this before. Like, I got this rhyme where it's like, you want to know what it's like to be me? Then fucking kill yourself. Uh, that's right. I say kill yourself out of, out of embarrassment. Then go back to work the next day acting out arrogant. And that's how it feels to be me. To just fuck up so bad. Be so disappointing to people. Be People be like, fuck this dude. And then the next day be at work with them. Like, what's cracking? That's life sometimes. Life is like, sometimes it's like, life is rough like that. And, uh, you know, and uh, that's the way it goes. How long have we been doing this? Are we, like, 10 minutes? What are we? 10 more minutes? Cool. Let me take a drink of this. Uh, oh, you know what? Let's get into a song. So let's, uh, we'll get into Knock Out Your Skull by Volume 10, which features my homie Convict Rick, rest in peace. Slimming type of hyper nigga. Child of a Swiss cheese, son of my mommy's on volume 10. Likely to the throne, I figure bigger than myself. Cause I got bigger balls, my nigga, down the shelf. Pick me up and pocket place me, I don't give a fuck if you pay. Just never erase me, howdy, howdy, ho. And all that cutesy pop bullshit, I put your ass in turkey. Stepping in your own bullshit, I'm not the type of guy to let a gang up in my house. So watch your shoes, boo. Don't trip, son of a bitch. I'm entering your hood, Louisville slugger back, made out of wood, bellow with my soldiers from the FOI, I salam a love and wake them as I pass you by, picking up all slack, don't come around, the shit that you say is crackerjack, peanut, watch a redneck get beat up, and now I'm with his chick in the bed with her feet up, rise to occasion, bruise to abrasion, bump to a raisin, come to a caiman, but before I attack it, I stop my ass at the store to get a box of Jimmy Jackets, so to stop all racket, all that nigga, nigga nonsense, you need to subtract it. Cause I'm gripping my back tight. Sitting that skull in the moonlight. So, 
uh, we're back. That was not Got Your Skull. And um, so, yeah, so basically, like I said, you know, that, that was kind of the wrap up. I had to even think, even this podcast is kind of like a, like a, even right now, what we, everything we just talked about is kind of like, I needed to hear it. I guess it was like a review of what's been going on. I've been pretty fucked up, though. I'm not going to lie. I've been sad. There was days I was depressed. There was, a, there was like a week I didn't really even, other than to go eat, I didn't, I didn't leave the house too much. I'm, I've been, I've been kind of like, like I said, everywhere I go, people put drugs in my hand, like bud and, and, uh, like I was talking about this bud lean that I got and, which is like a bottle of lean, but it's like bud in it instead of lean and shit. I've been drinking that. I've been fucking, I'll like dig in my pants and I'll fucking pull out like a fucking Vicodin or something. And I'll be like, where did I get this? And someone just put it in my hand and shit. But usually instead of throwing it away or giving it to somebody, I kept it. But so I've been definitely, there was a couple nights. I think I had a couple diazepans on my shelf up there. And I was just like, it would be like one in the morning and I'd be trying to go to sleep. But I was so sad and upset. I just, I didn't know what the fuck to do. There's nothing on TV. And uh, masturbation was not an option. I think I even turned down pussy a couple times. I, I, I'm, I haven't been in my correct mind state. You know what I'm saying? Been like, dude, you know what? After Ike died, I swear, I was sitting at the house in my room. I remember, I don't know what, what, what it was, but I had some money from some show. And I was sitting there. I was like, man, I'm sitting here. Keys to the car. A G. But women want to come over, put my pee-pee in their mouth. Drinks. Nothing's nothing. I don't want none of that shit. Nothing. I was like, nothing, nothing. Empty, emptiness. Like, it doesn't matter. Nothing's going to make me, nothing was going to make me feel good. Nothing. I went, I went, uh, I ended up picking up somebody and going to eat like frozen yogurt or going to the beach and just like nothing, dude, nothing. So it's like that feeling. You ever heard the Green Day song? Uh, when masturbation's lost its thrill, you're a fucking loser. It's like, fuck, dude, when you can't even jack off. When, when, when the concept of drugs, the concept of busting nut, concept of, even like the concept of having someone cuddle with you or affection from a woman, none of that shit is going to do. That's a fucked up feeling. You know, I can't really talk to my mom or my dad and, and be like, oh, I just want to cry because my homies died. You know what I mean? It's like, I could be a bitch on, on online and, and post rest in peace and this and that. I could be, I could have somebody come over and talk to them, but what am I going to do? Fucking cry and shit. Like you can't, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I had that weeks ago. I think, right. I was already sad. By the time Steve, Steve Yano died, I was like, oh, that sucks. Fucking convict rig died. Oh, fuck dude, That shit started hurting. Triggs, what the fuck? And then Ike was like, fuck dude. I was like, I didn't even want to fucking, you know, so I was pretty fucked up. So this month has been, you know, pretty crazy and shit, but um, going into December, things are looking better, man. Things are going to be better. This is Christmas time. It's 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 a very weird time. It's going to be the time where people are mo- most with their family, and it's also the time where people are most depressed. You know, what I mean, people are 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 people start losing their shit in December. People start unraveling. I know. I've I've been there and shit. So hopefully, stepping into December, things are going to go good. I hear the ghetto bird right now over me, so I know that we're protected and safe. I can hear the helicopters, so I know that the LAPD has is, is, is got me safe and sound and shit. So I'm good on that tip. You know what I'm saying? The Matrix has got me in line and shit. But um, I think I'm going to cut this short. 
And uh, yeah, we've kind of just freestyled by this one. I hope you guys are feeling what I'm talking about. I might have been boring you a little bit, but uh, you know, these, these things aren't planned and, and that's the way they go. I'll, I'll have some more guests. I'll get into some hip hop stories. I think we got it. We did a couple hip hop stories. You know what I'm saying? I know people really have been reacting and giving me good vibes off hearing like, you know, Micah Nine stories or, you know, just stories from hip hop, you know, and, uh, you know, Micah Nine was here the other day, called me to smoke some weed and playing me some dope music, you know, shout out to him. But so, you know, I think, I think for the next couple episodes, I have so much new material. I literally have four or five complete new albums that no one's heard anything from. I'm going to pick a couple songs. Next episode, I'm actually going to pick like four or five songs. I'm going to pick one song from every new project. I'm going to play it. And then I'll describe the project to you. Who produced it, where we're going with it, and what the projections are for 2015. So we'll talk about that. And uh, maybe maybe the next time we'll talk about the Raiders finally winning a game and shit. And the impact that that had to my life. Because fuck, dude, that shit was overdue like a motherfucker. And that shit like really, you know. That shit was just as traumatic. The Raiders not winning a game for a calendar year. That shit was like, you know, if you don't, if you understand all the shit I've been taking from people across this country for this for this tattoo that I have on my hand. I mean, little people literally try to pee on my hand because I have a Raiders tattoo on my hand. But I ride or die for my for my and for us that was our Super Bowl. So you know, we're de- we're delusional like that. Raider fans, I'm a I'm a Raider fan, dude. Like delusional as fuck. Dude, we won one game, we're good. We're the shit. Seven, 25 years ago, we won something, we still hold on to that. That's underground hip-hop. 20 years ago, we were the best. And it's like, oh, we won every now and then? Cool, we're, we're the shit. So, and that's life, dude. But uh, I want to thank you. Thank everybody, like I said. Everybody from, from Platform Collection. Um, you got something to say? I see you grabbing the mic. Yeah, because uh, you might forget. I won't um, forget. Uh, net. You guys can go over there and check out Two Mechs on the um, Roundtable, which was hosted by Concept, both guys from Platform Collection. So make sure you check that out. I told them that we'd send them over there. Besideshow.net. Fuck Waco. And, uh, yeah, dude. Waco. Fuck he's so mad. He's angry. Dude, he's like, he looks like a fucking crow. <laughs> <laughs> and then check out um, Two Mechs on the latest edition of Culture Sessions on Platform Collection as well. He sat down with Archive and Althion in a really hot room apparently and sweated and talked oh yeah those dudes I love those dudes but yeah they had me fucking in a hot box and shit them fools yeah I, I like those dudes man those dudes those dudes are fucking dope rappers I like those motherfuckers but yeah so um I guess that wraps it up we're, we're trying to we're gonna do one before Christmas right cool we'll do one and like I said I'll, we'll, you know what for Christmas that's what we'll do I'll, I'll actually program a gang of songs and uh, so tune in for the next one if you want to hear unreleased songs because I'm, I'm about to flip you out at least four or five of them. And I'm going to dig in the crates. I've got I've got a computer full of them. I've got hundreds. I have 1,400 compositions. So I, I have fucking, I'll pull out some songs, some rare shit. So um, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, <coughs> follow me or don't. I don't know. Buy my records. <coughs> Steal them. <coughs> I don't give a fuck. Um, see you next time. Thank you very much. Peace. Man, can't wait. Now that me and I can know each other a little bit more, know, know what we like more, I guess, I think it's going to be really good. You know? Yeah, there's a lot. Like, before, I was just kind of guessing, like, literally, yeah. what would sound good. 
and like you know listening back to it as much as I like it like there's sort of, there's a lot of things I would have changed yeah for yeah, sure you know like so this time you know it's always good to like you know to work when you with with someone who you really actually know them as a person and you hung out with them and you know what I mean just like had your, your time played show you know now we have the the band we're playing shows now so that's a whole other level of you know what's possible like we we're all getting our own little studios together so you know that that's also interesting so you know, I really see like the future for us and we're going to keep playing shows around and, and definitely try to get out of the area as much as possible but we're definitely going to be recording a lot as well so those guys will probably end up playing a lot of shows just two met shows you know yeah. if I don't play them too like a lot of them yeah I got a goal of even memorizing the whole album the new stuff and a lot of like back some of my like more popular or things I want to do hip hop wise from all the other old albums and I want to like have the band eventually it would be a great thing if they were actually my band for everything you know so after meeting Nike I don't want to go backwards you know what I'm saying Yeah. 